Kyle, 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 <laughs> we are here. We are unfortunately back to talk about a loss. I hoped our first live stream of the season would, uh, well, just not be that, but here we are. And Texas went to Fayetteville and got absolutely pants. I don't know else to say that, but Texas fell to Arkansas 40 to 21. And I I don't even I don't even know where to start, Kyle. Where where do you think we should start? <laughs> well, um I think you start with saying it was a terrible game. We all know that. Um Texas got beat in all three phases of the game repeatedly um there is a fine line between reacting and overreacting for the program for the coaches for the fans as well right um macro i think is the is the is the takeaway like it's hard to zoom out right now we're immediate post uh game macro zoom out we said i said at least if we went you know two and one in our our um out of conference schedule and uh, Arkansas in Arkansas was going to be one of our toughest games of the year. Here we are. It happened. It's the darkest timeline, the worst possible timeline, but it played out. Um, we have two games to go off. One was a good win. One was a real bad loss. Um, I don't think there's a large enough data set to make any sweeping generalizations quite yet. Uh, there's a lot of info to work with, a lot of data to think about, um, to process and figure out how they're, um, they're going to go forward from this. But I think from just looking at this game to start with it, it was bad. Um, the, the the defense was not elite, but I, I somehow think the offense took the cake as uh, worse. Um, so, you know, uh, hats off to the defense for being the least bad of the of the two major offense and defensive units. We'll figure out special teams if they want to throw their hat in the, in the ring um, uh, more on things that could have been that didn't than, than outright just being bad. Maybe they were our best unit because they were only broke our hearts a little bit in the beginning um but just bad nothing nothing good all bad very very bad day <laughs> yeah like i i sat in disbelief and the last thing my wife said to me before she went to bed was like i'm sorry this one sucked and like i don't know how else to describe that like my wife who knows nothing about football just knows that this one sucked and whether you talk about getting beat on either side of the ball in the trenches, I think that's where you have to start. I think the Texas defensive line, which is supposed to be a strength for this team, got absolutely abused. They got pushed off the line. They got pushed off the ball. And I think now we know why the 2022 recruiting class looks like it does currently with about 70,000 defensive linemen in that group. And so I think that right there is a red flag because you know what? The Big 12 might be an offensive league, but they're a league that likes to run the ball. TCU is coming in two weeks. And you know what? Maybe we don't even skip past Rice trying to run the ball against Texas next week. But that, to me, is a, is a huge red flag because the run defense is supposed to be a point of content or point of strength for this team. The run defense is supposed to be something that this team can hang its hat on, and they just couldn't. There was absolutely no, uh, no win at the point of attack, at least... Yeah. More, I will say nine times out of ten. There were a couple of times, sure. but you really can't like. I don't. I wouldn't. That wouldn't be anything I would write home about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they had six tackles for loss in the first half, even though they were getting dogged. Uh, I mean, they they made a couple of plays. It just they had no consistency, and it was almost if there was a consistency, they got beat 
like you said, you know, eight out of 10, nine out of 10. And, and, you know, they maybe got home on one, but that second half, uh, I don't know. I'd have to go back and look at specifically how many they had, but it couldn't have been more than another, uh, maybe, maybe one or two that entire half. Right. So, um, we thought adjustments at halftime would, and, and there was a glimmer for a moment when, when BJ Foster made the interception that maybe there was an adjustment coming and maybe it was going to be a tale of two halves. Um, I think what Arkansas adjusted and, and I guess credit to, Kendall Bryles um, is they said we don't we don't have to throw the ball let's just run it down their throat and if they choose to try to stop us you know good for them but they haven't proven any ability to do that right and um, so I mean after that interception I'd have to look at the exact stats afterwards but I would imagine they have less than less than 75 yards passing after that Um, they just didn't need to I mean they probably had 200 yards rushing after that it felt like or at least 130 Um, you know so yeah so a lot of our expectations and a lot of our prognostications and projections for the season were based on a strong defensive unit but a strong defensive line especially that being our deepest and and most talented unit i'm still not ready to write them off but i do think that hopefully again this serves as a scheme change a wake-up call a kick in the pants a something who is it that's going to step up who's going to be the guy who steps up is it one of those more veteran guys is it one of the transfers um a young guy who who just you know says i'm the best player here and i'm I'm just going to take it you know whoever it is um Let's see it in real life, right? Because it's been a lot of talk and a lot of hype videos in the off season, and and it hasn't really, um, hasn't really shown itself out so far. Um, linebackers were okay, I guess. You know, they had a tough assignment. Defensive backs okay at times. Um, I think Jamison got roasted on a. I didn't even see if it was a double move, just a straight up. There was a blitz on that side of the field, and he got caught looking in the backfield. And I think you know, so. Yeah. That's, that's- Again. That happens. It's tough. It's tough when you need all eleven of your guys to try to keep them under three hundred yards rushing. So I get it. If you're if you're stepping towards the line of scrimmage, I mean that's offensive play calling one one. It's going to happen. I mean I think you put it on the on the front you know box more than you do the defensive backs. And, and they had an interception. So okay, they were our our, our best unit on the defense. Um, you want to talk about our our putrid offensive output, Gerald? I mean, we can. I don't. Where do where do you, like? It, I, I like I'm in shock almost like I just didn't like we you and I are you and I are notoriously optimistic you and I that's just how we that's how we skew I did not sure. think it would be anywhere near this bad I think we I said it already when you talk about with the failings of this game it starts in the trenches and I think the offensive line yes was absolutely outclassed in every way shape or form they were yes. pushed off the line they were not able to contain I mean, Arkansas was able to generate a lot of pressure with three down with three down linemen rushing on most passing downs. And when that's yep. the case, whoever the quarterback is, regardless of whether or not you go with a freshman or you go with the upperclassmen, when when the other team is able to generate pressure with three guys, that ain't gonna get it done. Now, that being said, I do think we can talk later and we'll probably talk more as we rewatch the game and digest it about the differences between the two quarterbacks when they face pressure. Sure. But sure. when push comes to shove, whoever's back there, you're not gonna be as successful as you can be if you're having to run for your life every week. We saw it in the Super Bowl, right? Best quarterback in football today, Pat Mahomes, was not able to do anything. He was running for his life the entire time. And that to me is the differentiator in the game. Yeah, it's a hundred percent. I think the offensive line was our by far worst unit of of performance. Maybe I've seen in the past few years of time. I mean, this was Which is saying this was a lot. Is, is, 
Correct. This was as bad a butt. uh, Yeah, as bad a butt kicking from one unit just coming out, you know, outside of a couple OU games that we just got run off the field. And and sometimes those, you know, were were, um, impetuses to coaching losers, their coaches losing their jobs, which is not what's being advocated here. No, again, remember I said react, not overreact. Um, But yeah, I mean, there has to be some incredible wake up calls, some, some, incredibly uncomfortable film session and there and some changes i i don't think you can play the same starting five next week and expect oh it'll just be better arkansas was that good arkansas was good hats off to him barry odom incredible performance i think the caveat to all of these things we're talking about today is that there's a like a hyper multiplier like they came in whatever talent level arkansas had they played super saiyan today they came in and they they won the game before it started i, I think we, we realized that pretty quickly they absolutely were playing at full speed downhill. I think someone tweeted at us saying it was like Tecmo when they uh, picked your your play and they just broke through and knocked your guys down. That's what it looked like. And they really were playing hair, hair on fire downhill football. The only player on the Texas team defense I saw even remotely resemble that was John Tom, Josh Thompson play downhill t- a couple times and, and BJ get the interception and, and, and another tip in the end zone. Those two guys played full speed a couple times. Didn't feel like anyone else played downhill. Played, you know, the way that every Arkansas player was playing. It didn't matter. Bumper pool was out of half. The Arkansas defense just played downhill and just ran through. And they said, you know what, we're going to take Bijan Robinson out of the game. And no shame to Bijan. I mean, the guy was tackled at the point of attack every single time. The fact that he got sixty nine, I think, yards. Uh, I mean, was just incredibly due to a nice performance by him, just, you know, getting yards after contact. I mean, it, it was it, nothing on him, nothing he could do. But that line just, just, I mean, if that performance from our offensive line was what we saw, then then the eight and nine win projections should be closer to six or seven wins. And I'm, again, not overreacting because I think corrections can happen. But if they don't, and that's the offensive line play, there's only so much a running back can do, only so much a quarterback can do getting out of the pocket. You just you can't have an offense where you, you literally start the play with three guys sprinting full speed into your backfield. It did, like, can't happen. You, you cannot run a successful offense. Nothing Sark can scheme nothing card or thompson can do with their feet nothing Bijan with all of his miracles can do you you can't do it it can't happen no not at all like when we i, I want to go back and, and i'm going to look at some some advanced stats this week they usually hit on monday or tuesday but like i want to see what the line yardage was in this game because i would anticipate it's going to be the lowest we've seen in a very very long time because the offensive line was not generating any sort of space for anybody to do anything on Bijan's biggest run of the night he basically had to break a tackle in the backfield, cut a completely across field, and make something happen. And that, and that is not sustainable football. When you're when and you're playing, and, and the key block was from Jordan Whittington, yeah. which is the best play he made all night. You know, was it was a block on that run? It wasn't even a lineman who made the. You know, he got through, but the, the last key block on that, yeah. So, so there, there is a lot left to be desired from that offensive line unit, and it, it starts and stops there. And so, I think we'll probably see i don't know if we see changes i i do not want to be and i said this last week i would not have liked to be in kyle flood's film room on sunday and monday i would not want to be in that unit and i definitely do not want to be in that film room 
Kyle Flood and Bo Davis are going to use up all the four-letter words in Austin. Like, nobody else in Austin will be allowed to cuss for the rest of the week because of the <laughs> things that Bo Davis and Kyle Flood are going to say in those film rooms. And they absolutely yeah. should because that is an inexcusable performance. Every other part of the game suffered because of those two units. Every other aspect of what Texas tried to do schematically suffered because of those performances. And you even saw the frustration from the coaching staff. There was, I can't repeat what Sark said, but early some of the miscues, somebody ran a route too short and he said, run, run the, run the blanking play. Right. It's so like there, that was a, that was a lack of preparation from, from the players and lack of taking the coaching. And so there's, there's a lot left to be desired. And, and that feels like rinse and repeat from what we've been saying for three year, three to four years yeah. already. And so there need to be some drastic and, and do not hear us advocating for changes at all. Right. We're, we are 120 minutes into the Steve Sarkeesian era in full, so, but we there need to be some attitude changes. There need to be some mindset changes that this organization will not take the next step if they do not make. I, I mean, what did we say when we brought Steve Sarkeesian in? Right, it, it, we had a coach who kind of was stubborn and refused to to his own detriment. You know, listen to the other voices in the room to make changes where they needed to be. I think what we're hoping to see from Steve Sarkeesian is that he has a game plan. He has a way that he wants the offense to work. If the offensive line can't do it, if the receivers can't run the right routes, if the quarterback can't be comfortable enough back there to get the ball out, got to make changes. What what does that change look like, right? What what happens is is he is he going to be stubborn and assume you know lumps, warts, and all? We're going to learn to do it this way, and we're going to be good at it because. I think the biggest thing that people have been praising him for so far is that he is bringing a different ethos and, and kind of conversation and, and, and mindset to the Texas football program. So now it's be about it, right? Change. You have to change. You have to adapt. You know, you, this, let's f- fast forward a couple of years. This might be the worst line in the Sark era. And so maybe the things that he wants to do and maybe card works out some of his deep ball issues because he has a little bit more time and they're hitting that and taking the top off the defense. And so all the things that he wants to do, we know what it is. But when, again, you have multiple drops of deep balls, you have a quarterback who puts him a yard, you know, lets it drift a yard that changes everything. Like you think about all those Alabama teams, all those teams, it was the ability to hit that deep shot, that ability to do that, that does not let seven Arkansas players immediately, you know, just get, ears down into the backfield trying trying to take away the run because they can't because the the bigger threat is that they're going to complete 40 yard bombs over the top of you and when texas when that was completely nullified i think um all the best efforts in the world couldn't have got them where they get but again we have a lot of time and we'll break it down further on the podcast about you know you could pick a receiver you could pick a quarterback you could pick anything but you, you can trace it all back again you could pick a, a missed coverage on the defense but you could trace it back to well there was a blitz here hey there was a missed block here hey you know like it, you have to have some context and some nuance and we'll do the work and we'll, we'll we'll break that down a little bit but just from a immediate reaction this was this was not good this was there were problems but if you play with heart and there were two teams playing that hard, and you lost a game that two teams battled it out, and Arkansas was the better team, you feel better. When you go into someone's house, and they just look like they want to be there so much more than you, they want to win, it means so much more to them. And again, we've talked about their biggest rivalry is Texas. I had two people text me asking, is this a rivalry from the UT side? But that's not okay to ever have someone want it more than you, right? It doesn't matter 
who you're playing. Every game is the most important. Every Saturday is the most important. You have to have that mindset. No one should out-desire you. And until Texas gets that mentality, until whatever the past 10 years hasn't taught them, they learn that you have to be the, the, the hungrier dog in the fight. We're going to have some lumps, and, and we're going to have some not fun games to come and, and break down, but uh, we'll do it because we love you guys. <laughs> the first of the not fun games that Kyle and I will self-flagellate and get on this live stream and, and just try to unpack and work through all of the junk. So we will be back on Tuesday in your podcast feeds. You can check us out at Burnt Orange Nation. If you prefer the voices without the faces, who would blame you? But you can check us out on the podcast feed. You can also follow us on Twitter at Longhorn Pod, on Facebook and Instagram, The Longhorn Republic. Thank you all so much for joining us. We will be back on Tuesday, and we'll see you for another live stream next Saturday. Have a great Sunday, and hook them. Horns always up, no matter what happens. Hook them. <laughs>